Hello again. How are you? If you don't mind me asking. How are you? Uh, back at it again. This time is 9 a.m. You probably hear some birds. Uh, because they tend to be very loud at this time. You know, there's some um, birds that yell after lunch. There's some birds that yell morning. It's a heavy... Uh, there is a big garden where I'm at, so they usually come a lot here, right? So they they tend to be very um, they tend to be very noisy. Those those kids, those bird kids. All right, let's just jump into it, right? Uh, <clears throat> last episode I spoke about. Kanye, I do think that I had reasonably fair things to say about it. I was thinking about my, my analogy about Lion King, and I stand by it 100%. I, I still do stand by that one. So uh, just send me an email contesting if you think that some other movie fits the fits the 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 analogy better there it's your choice to pick the fight with me you know i won't say that you're not entitled to do that um i need to understand what term i, I generated a random number there is a specific word for that when you when you do that i know there's a get around no it's it's a draw right it's kind of a draw uh, I, I i drew the number essentially that's what i mean i think i drew the number here and it's 277 the number for this and again no I didn't take the John Hopkins out of the thing, so I need to do that again. It, it, it fell on later episode uh, 111, so now that's the number. That's strange. I usually do that. Anyway. 111. Damn crooked vultures. Interesting. Basically, as it is established already, kind of, you know, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If, if you know, uh, each album that I that I talk about, I tend to think about them at some point. And when making this list here, I, I did talk about every each record here. So just a quick explaining of what that them crooked vultures is it's a side project uh from queens of the stone age vocalist and main composer i mean he is essentially josh home home it's not Holmes. it's home yeah uh josh home is essentially the band itself right uh, 
he's the leader of the pack there some some guys um like mark lenigan and some guys from the desert sessions and uh Kyos, his band before queens of the stone age they pop in they do some they do some stuff in the especially on the first three records or so i think on radar r onwards he became kind of the the main head and all of the other guys kind of you know perform their roles um accordingly right with the with each album so at the beginning he he usually was a little bit more um collab he had more collaborations right songs for the deaf for example has tracks by by mark lenigan which is the lead singer from screaming trees which is a, a pretty good if not one of the best um grunge bands i i tend to put them on the same shelf as as soundgarden and you know if you think about popularity, there is no beating Nirvana and Pro Jam, but it has a second shelf of excellent bands like Screaming Trees and you know even uh, Grantly Buffalo and it, it, Grunge had a lot of flavors, as I Soundgarden, as mentioned before, uh, even Foo Fighters to some extent. Um, grunge had a lot of flavors, right? It did dominate the the rock and roll market for the most part of the beginning of the of the 90s anyway we are looking at not necessarily that approach in terms uh, in terms of style right we are, we are not looking at grunge here with this specific album right so basically is the side project which contains uh, Dave Grove with the with the drums, so originally reprising his role as a musician, right? He was the the Nirvana's drummer. Um, John Paul Jones, the Led Zeppelin bassist, in the bass, helming the bass, and Josh Holm as the lead singer and guitarist. I don't think there is anyone else in the band, although we might. Um, so it is basically if you grab the songs for the death era of uh, Queens of the Stone Age this is basically an expansion on the oh John Paul Jones played the piano as well okay I didn't quite know that keyboards alright so it's basically an expansion of that type of sound and idea mainly for the fact that Dave Grohl was playing on songs for the deaf the drums in that in that case so of course that he sings as well and I mean they do basically you know everything uh, especially him being an experienced vocalist and experienced drummer I think he's a better drummer than than a songwriter in my opinion I do like him more as a drummer, especially with Queens of the Stone Age, because it's just insanely good. But um, anyway, I'm just uh, digressing in that case. So it's basically an expansion of 
what songs for the deaf presented in terms of energy in terms of of rawness of rock and roll stoner uh rock um it borderlines on the metal sometimes you know although it's not at all that uh the riffs are completely uh different right um, it's it's a whole it, it wouldn't be classified as metal if it wasn't so uh despite the fact that it is a heavy album it's more of a what essentially what queens of the stone age presented right the the the, the stoner rock the very led zeppelin and and uh, 90s era influenced uh the grooves are most definitely most definitely come from uh josh holmes uh josh home himself um what's interesting it has a lot of hard rock a lot of punk influence right so it's basically the dna is queens of the stone age essentially but it does have elements of Foo fighters and elements of led zeppelin there obviously enough because you do have true founding members of each band so it, it gets muddy and it gets uh a little bit hard to 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 separate exactly which influence is from whom because those bands are you know basically spawned from queens of the stone age what i'm trying to say is queen of the stone age and let's and for fighters are influenced by led zeppelin for the most part so you you have the 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 the, the dna is obviously from josh home but of course the you know all of the dna uh, regarding the, the the grooves and regarding the the whole package of rock and roll hard rock rock and roll comes from led zeppelin because they were one of the first bands to truly do the the the, the hard rock in an excellent way so 40 years later right if you compare the the um, release date from the 69 first Led Zeppelin album and this record here released in 20, uh, 2009 um, you can see that it's basically a great homage to Led Zeppelin as a whole right and Josh Holm being a a, a truly great songwriter he does his own thing he he puts the the the, the work in the songs and all that um he, he holds a candle but he also is shoulder to shoulder you know it's, it's very interesting to have a basis basically from from uh, such a legendary band as led zeppelin on a project with two guys that of course grew up listening to led zeppelin right because how how didn't they do that you know uh, obviously they grew up on the purple and led zeppelin and uh, and punk for the most part as well because i think they are 50 something nowadays how old is uh dave grow okay so he definitely dave grow it's was born in 69 right so he definitely 
uh, grew up in um, with punk and with uh, but you know you have the back catalog of stuff so he definitely grew up on the Stooges or Led Zeppelin and Beatles you know he most definitely has those bands as influence as everyone that kind of picks up a guitar you know kind of wants that um, type of situation there with those influence like the, the like the dinosaur rock and the punk rock who becomes a dinosaur rock in a way after a few years anyway not the most brilliant project I from Josh Holmes because it is a Josh Holmes Holmes I keep saying Holmes fucking hell. it is a Josh Holmes project essentially right it is a spin-off from queens of the stone age i mean of course he is on the helm of the, com the composition and the vocals right so it automatically sounds like queen of the stone age if someone makes a playlist of queens of the stone age record um songs and then croaker vultures is in the middle there it's possible that if they don't know the difference between the two bands, they will probably think it's Queen of the Stone Age as well. It's the same band, right? Essentially. And Queens has such a, a big discography, so it, it's quite of... It's a little bit... Um, it's either way, right? It fits perfectly within the, the Queens of the Stone Age discography. It'll be interesting to see if they eventually do... The reunion, I mean, there is talks of it because I, I do remember researching about some some news, some potential news about them 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 getting back together. I don't think that's very likely or very necessary as long as Josh Holmes still releases new stuff. You know, I, I think that for me, what's important is to see Queens of the Stone Age still active and still releasing albums uh he does that every five years he i mean depends right but every five years he does release an album um and his later work has been one of the best ones especially like uh like clockwork which is just probably the best queens of the stone age album it's just fantastic so and it it comes kind of, you know, it's fed a little bit by this experience, I think. Because they are very similar in terms of, of date of release, right? They released this one in 29, uh, in 2029, in 2009. Probably, like Clockwork, was fed by the energy of the, you know, being with those two like touring with those guys and being in the same studio with those guys probably fed a lot of the creative juices of Josh Holmes especially. And then it came to to the to the next album was, in my opinion, I think one of the best. I would probably rank definitely top three Queen of the Stone Age albums. I mean, it gets tricky when you talk about Rated R and Songs for the Deaf, which one exactly is the, the three, the two, and the one there? It's kind of difficult, but definitely one of the three, top three 
Um, really fun album. Really high energy rock and roll um, ideas being put into the production there. Very nice grooves. Very nice. Uh, it's more lighthearted in a way than, than most Queen of the Stone Age. Uh, it, it, it does have a maturity to it and it's it's um it's a more fun project it's it's and it's a more fleeting project as well in a way i think that that's an element of it i think that they they knew that it was just one one thing that they they're going to make so they try to have the most fun in the studio right and i don't know how how much they are uh friends with each other but essentially Josh Holmes and Dave Grohl I do think they are good friends right because they play together for a while uh, and for a long long time uh, I mean they know each other and they've been collaborating with each other for almost 20 years right uh, I think they are good friends but I don't know how JPJ you know <laughs> plays into the picture there. Uh, I'm sure that they, they as they didn't have anything to prove, so they did that for the most part as a very fun uh, project, you know, a very fun, you know, they, 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 they didn't have, basically the, their value as composer and as as composers and as instrumentalists, you know it's it's on the record already. You know they they didn't need to 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 have an album like this to prove anything. So it's it's a fun it's it's a fleeting um, it's a fleeting project. It it doesn't have the 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 depth and the gravity that some of uh, Queens of the Stone Age albums have. Uh, but that's, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't take away anything from the from the value of the of the project. Uh, it is a it's a very charismatic situation. That it's a very charismatic album. Uh, I do not think they will be coming back together. You know, yeah, I'm trying to have. Look at more information. Yeah, they, I mean, okay, so there, there is, there is things saying that they practice once every, every decade. I don't know, maybe, maybe a new material from them. It's long overdue. I do, I do believe that's um, that's fair to say. They might, they might. I don't know. It's a, it's cool. It's cool. It's a cool album. It's a cool detail to each of the guys' discography. It's a, it's a more of an interesting project than a truly career-defining move for for the three guys. I think it's a, it's a nice uh, asterisk there on the on their discographies uh, for the most part i 
do believe that that album was very formative in my musical education in a way. I do remember being very into Queen of the Stone Age when the, the songs for the Death um, era and all that, right? 2002, 2003, because it was a huge album. I do remember being very into it, um, especially um, um, Go With The Flow. And uh, which one is the animated? Anyway, they have, they have good music videos and, and all that. So it, it was kind of fun, badass rock and roll, right? So when I was a little bit more mature and when I was a little bit more, you know, understood more of the trajectory of uh, bands and what so, I've, I remember finding very interesting that that project existed. And I do remember listening to it at the same time as it was released. And that basically... That album basically got me into Queens of the Stone Age uh, in general, right? I started listening to things that, you know, and then after that, I just became a fan with the first one and with Raider R. Just those albums really grab you, right? Really grab your, they really grab your interest because they are such, they are so, they have, captivating personalities right they are the cool older kid that kind of tells you how how things work so they they, they basically played their part in my life right josh home is kind of like the uh, in a lot of ways like the older brother figure because he, he knows the he knows how shit goes you know and he tells you in a very uh, uh, inviting way, and, and he invites you to his world, right? Uh, to his world, world. I don't know how to say that word. He creates a universe where he presents that type of personality, right? Like the older brother that knows where the drugs are, and he knows how to talk to girls, and he knows how to... Um, be cooler than 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 maybe he's naturally I don't know um, knows how to present himself in a way that he seems like the coolest guy that ever lived right because <laughs> he basically is very very uh, I saw them live uh, in the Clockwork era i saw them live in 2013 there was a they were about to release the the the, the like clockwork it was their presenting tour uh, i think that they had a record already under the uh, you know on the on the drawer somewhere and they play my god is the sun for the first time in that show and i do remember being really taken back with his charisma and you know his uh like the way that he presents himself is like a, a cool Elvis, you know. If Elvis was, I don't know, a hard rock guy in the in the sixties and the seventies, it would probably be much like Josh Holm. So he's one of the 
one of the role models for me, I think, in a way, like the older, the older cousin or the older brother, in a way, right? Like the guy that tells you how things are. It's it's fun. It's a fun. It's a fun character. The character that he plays is very very cool. And you can see his influence on the Arctic Monkeys discography as well, because he produces a couple of albums, especially on that era. There, he kind of grabbed, he put uh, Arctic Monkeys under his wing, 2013. I think before that, after the after Humbug, I think he started producing. Uh, those guys, and you can really notice, right, the type of production that he, production, that he developed there with them, so they became like mini Arctic Monkeys, uh, mini uh, Queens of the Stone Age from Rated R, and from like the first album era, they mirror a little bit that approach, uh, in the Josh Home produce, uh, produce, produce records, kind of a lighter version, right? Kind of a more, you know, blues oriented. Uh, he is a very uh, big blues guy as well. Really cool, really interesting, really interesting album. Uh, as for Dave Grohl, I do enjoy his drumming more than I enjoy his his singer songwriter stuff although i do believe that he's a a very talented guy as well and iconic in his own right right yeah i think that's pretty much all i have to say about this one let's see how i am in time 25 minutes let's grab another one then uh let's speak another one let's speak about another one What's the nest next nest? Number. Oh, so, so yeah, okay. So uh, what I'm doing is I'm not putting two albums. Although I do that for time, right? I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, anyway, I don't have anything else to say. Or maybe highlights, right? Maybe what the, I mean, listen to the whole thing. I think the whole thing is good. I think it's not a very demanded, uh, demanding um, listen. As I said, very charismatic um, album. It pulls you in. But yeah, basically the, the whole, the first five songs are excellent. So you, yeah, just listen to it. Just listen to it. It's an hour of great fun. That record, yeah. Who who produced it? Who's the producer? No one. No producer. All right. Let's see. Let's have a look at the producer of the record. Okay, so they produce themselves, right? At least on the credits. They are listed as producers, and of course, they have. No, no, it's only them. Interesting, okay. They are the only, um, they are the only performers, like the three of them. Of course, they you have 
longtime collaborator, um, Alan Jones, is the guy who plays with Queens of the Stone Age for the longest time, and Eagles of Death Metal as well. Uh, he's like a overarching figure on the rock and roll from the 90s, that guy. So he plays live. I think I saw him live as well. And he, when they played in Brazil in 2013, they were playing with uh, the Mars Volta uh, drama. So, you know, and I do, as you probably, if you listen to the first episode of this incredible, incredibly entertaining podcast, I do enjoy the drumming with uh, the Mars Volta pretty, pretty, pretty much. Let's see. Oh, what's the, I don't think it's the first one. I don't remember. What's his name? So who was the drummer on the Luznum Comitorium? Uh, let's see. Who's the drummer? Yeah, John Theodore. I saw I saw that guy live as well. Yeah, it's him. So that up, you know, not only Queen, uh, Josh Holm and Queens of the Stone Age, for the most part, um, they do embrace all the things. You know, they 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 hold a candle to to all the things, but they also, uh, although the Mars Volta is almost contemporaneous with. Queens of the Stone Age, but anyway, they are a little bit more um, iconic and famous, right? In a way, um, a little bit more popular than the Morris Volta. So I'm I'm not doing a I'm not doing an album. So I'm finishing at thirty on this one because beyond thirty minutes, it's not it's gonna be you know just rambling. Um, I'm quite, not quite sure how is the how this is going. To be honest, I'm not quite positive of the quality of this. I'm 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 doing it for the sake of it, right? And I do think that I have some thoughts about music that maybe are interesting to be listened to. But anyway, I'm I'm not you know I'm not. I'm not gonna be that guy. I'm just gonna keep doing. Alright? So and that's it. Thanks for listening as always. Maybe I'll do another one, right? But separate episodes. Cause I did two albums on the same episode and I think that's not very positive. That's not very uh, productive, I would say. Just breaks the formula, right? Why why would I? Uh so thirty minutes. It's a decent album. Uh, all of the guys are on the, on the top of their game, right? Quite old, if you think about it. They are in an advanced age, so they are not uh, on their early 20s. They are on their late 30s, actually, for the most part. But a really nice and, and, and mature rock and roll record there for you to enjoy you know uh, all the best